welcome to Do Not Listen to This Podcast. Uh, visit do not listen to this podcast.com to get information on how we help feeding stray cats and dogs. It's through your donations that, that uh, gets that done. We're over a thousand now. We're working on our next thousand. And I'm grateful to have one of my, uh, one of the people I really like on, on Twitter and I like her on LinkedIn. Um, why don't you introduce yourself? Pleasure. I'm Kimberly Manchester. I'm from uh, just outside Providence, Rhode Island, here in the United States. Mm -hmm. I'm you, a writer. What do you do? What do, you do? Uh, I work in marketing and communications. Yeah. I'm a writer. And she's a, a great writer. Consultant. She's not just a writer. She's a great writer. Oh, thank you. And also a communications consultant. My specialty being interpersonal communications. Very good. So uh, knowing so how to communicate with each other. So if you're looking for somebody to hire as a writer or communications type coach or whatever, uh, I, I definitely recommend her. She's, she's fantastic. Thank um, you. I am looking. Thank you for coming on the pod on the podcast. We, you know, we were going back and forth on what we were going to talk about. And, you know, the, the, there's, I want to tie everything in this, in this uh, season into the pandemic. And I think this topic ties into the pandemic quite well. Um, but, you know, they always say there's two things you shouldn't talk about politics and religion. We're going to talk about politics. And I don't think that's right. I think you should talk about politics and you should talk about religion. And so, so Kimberly, why, why don't you give them a little bit of background of, of where you come from on a political stance and what happened this election cycle and the pandemic and all that. And let's just give it a go. Okay, well, I was raised in a very Catholic, very Republican family. Mm -hmm. And I was always taught that Republicans stand for that the people support the government and liberals stand for the government supports the people. I was always raised with a very hard work ethic that nothing is for free. You don't take with both hands. Right. I was raised that if you want to give to charity, it shouldn't be forced. It should be something you do from your heart. Right. And it shouldn't be held for specific people. It should be for everyone. Right. Uh, for example, I donate to Catholic charities. We don't care if you're Catholic or not. We don't care if you go to church or not. All we care is that you're a person in need and we are living our faith by helping right. you. Right. So I'm a registered Republican. Yes, I have been is. most and of I'm, my life. And, and I'm talking to her and I'm a Democrat. Now, in all fairness, I grew up in a military Republican family, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what helped me to become a Democrat. So that's my background on it. Um, Fair I, enough. I, I believe the Bill Rogers attitude, if you've not been a Democrat before the age of 25, you have no heart. That's You're right. not a Republican That's after you have no brain. I don't, I don't, but anyway, so it, it, what's funny about this Republican Democrat thing is that when I was growing up, it was a different. It was a different time. It wasn't. It wasn't like it is now. You know, you, you'd have your fights and you'd have your elections, and then it would end. You know, whoever won won, and people just moved on together. And that's that ship sailed a long time ago. It's become divisive for a long time. And um, certainly has. I know. I worked on the 2000 election. 2004 election. Right. I was deployed to Pennsylvania. I was deployed to New Hampshire. And I got out of politics because I no longer felt safe. I was spit upon. Well, I was yeah, called a Nazi youth. Yeah. So this is interesting. So let's go back to that time because that is, I think, where it starts to kind of go in different directions, right? I think right, right around that, that, that time frame. What did you notice um, as as a, as a sea change, as a Republican, um, I, I can tell you what I noticed as a Democrat, but as a Republican, what did you notice in that, in that time frame? I noticed people were far less tolerant of each other. 
Right. And that was for both sides. Um, suddenly, because I was Republican, I was painted as, again, a Nazi youth, as someone who would blindly follow my leader rather than right. question authority. Right. Um, now, just because Ronald Reagan said the 11th commandment is thou shall not speak publicly poorly about another Republican, again, publicly poorly right. about another Republican. Privately, we will tear each other apart. <laughs> and publicly, we present the United Front, which is something that a lot of people don't understand. They think that we're just walking in lockstep with each other. Well, yeah, and I would say, and, I, 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 sorry to jump in, but I would say at that time frame, the, you know, you still had, you had the, re, the Reagan Republicans, right? Yes. Who had just um, gone through uh, what was horrible for them, Clinton, but was great for us. And, um, and it, so it was a tough, tough time. Um, but um, they, I think they weren't sure if they were going to get back in the game um, with Bush, but they did. Right? Yes. I mean, eight years under with a Democrat in the White House, I was always taught you can't have a Democrat in the White House. And personally, I've always liked the idea of bipartisanship. I think if one party's right. in the White House, another party needs to control Congress. Right. And people say, oh, no, you'll never get anything done that way. It's all gridlock. It's like, no, it forces people to work together. So yeah. I'm a New England Republican. We tend to be more moderate. Yeah, that's right. We are fiscally conservative, but we're also right. very connected to the land. Right. That's so right. we're very strong environmentalists. This is the thing I think people have a difficult time understanding. Mm -hmm. And I think the pandemic really brought it out because, look, you know, everybody's, everybody's point of view is right to them. You know, whatever they, whatever they believe is absolutely 100% valuable to them. And, and disagreement, disagreement doesn't come easy. No. Um, and especially around, around heated topics like this, like, like politics or religion, you add in social media to it and it becomes, you know, it just becomes extremely much more toxic, but there's still these, these conversations that have to be had about the differences. And, and what was interesting to me about this pandemic and its impact on politics was it really mobilized the Republicans who really felt they had got ripped off in 2016. The non-Trump Republicans, yes. Yeah, I mean, the, um, the, the real, the, the core Republican, I mean, you can't even yes. call it, the, it's not that, it hasn't been the Republican party for four years. It's been the, I can't even say his name. Um, it's, it's been that thing, right? So something that was pointed out the other day on the news that a lot of people don't realize, for example, John Boehner was the Speaker of the House. Right. He was actually ousted by his own party. It was That's the right. Freedom Caucus that yeah. ousted him. Yeah, I would say And then Rand Paul got the position because the Freedom Caucus endorsed him. And then when Trump came to power, and Paul said, no, we're gonna be a check and a balance to the president. Then they kicked him out. And got a yes man in. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. That's a very important thing. The Tea Party really caused a lot of problems in the Republican Party, and a lot of people don't understand that. Um, and that's really, that's really, it's it's worth. And now they've kind of like become a, a a glitch. They're not even really in it as much, right? I mean, the Tea Party thing is really. Well, kind I was of a founding member of the Tea Party when uh -huh. it was Rand Paul running things. Okay. Rand Paul's train got hijacked and bastardized. Right. Uh, originally, the Tea Party was simply fiscal conservative. Right. And look at the Constitution. Rather than pass yet another law, look to see if there's a law on the books already that covers that and enforce that law. Right. Don't just keep passing laws because it feels good. 
And then they could never get really the mass to make that happen, right? No. Right. So that's where, okay. So what, what happened? So you voted Democrat this year. I did. I voted for Joe Biden. So let's talk about that. Let's talk. First of all, thank you. Thank you for You're welcome. temporarily coming to the dark side. Um, <laughs> I, I appreciate it. And, and I want to say, I really think we brought this up because you, you, you mentioned that you were a Lincoln Project Republican. Yes. And, and I think they did a fantastic job. I think they can take a lot of credit for making this happen. Um, and I think they should be very proud. Why don't you get into that? Because I think, I think this is what's really important for, uh, I think this is important for Democrats to understand that we have a lot of new people in the group that normally wouldn't have been in the group. Well, I think, well, you know, the Lincoln Project Republicans are looking at the ideals of the Republican Party right. and saying, we need to start putting country above party. Right. We can't just say, oh, party unity is the most important thing because within both parties, there's no unity. With That's right. the Democratic Party, you have the moderates, judicial Democrats, and you have progressiveness, you have socialists. And yeah, they're going to start a, battling among themselves. I'm seeing it right. already. That's right. Well, that, that's what we do. So we fight amongst ourselves so, quite often. <laughs> yes. We're the Lincoln Republicans, we said, look, we need to put country above party. Right. And right now we're looking at Joe Biden. Maybe he's not perfect, but he's right. a lot better than what we currently have. That's right. And, I, and, I, and he's this, willing to work with, he's working to work, work with Republicans, bipartisanship, He's even said he'll appoint Republicans, moderate Republicans to his cabinet. Yeah, and I think to he will. work bipartisanly. I, I think is that he will. It is now. I, I think he knows. Look, I, this was a weird election for me because I have spent a substantial amount of personal time with both candidates. Mm -hmm. um, uh, all from my uh, Philly radio days, of all, of all things, right? So. Uh -huh. Joe Biden would always play darts with me because he would always be a guest on the, the AM station. And I had, I had my, my first office was down with the AM station. I had a little dartboard in my office and he, okay. he would come in and he would say, are you playing darts? I go, yeah, it's, yeah, I'm getting paid to play darts. And because uh, by the time I'd, I'd done the morning show, it was like 10 or whatever in the, in the afternoon, by the time I'd be down in my office. And so we struck up a, a, a friendship there. Every time he was a guest, he would, and I said, look, if I'm not here, you can play darts. I don't care. It's fine. And um, with um, the orange thing, uh, we, we had many shows at, at Trump Plaza, live shows, had him on guests many a time. And, and uh, the, the personal thing with him is that I was really good friends with uh, Mark Edis, who ran the plaza, uh, you know, ran Trump Plaza and was a great guy. Um, and I was also friends with the other two people. All three of them died in a helicopter crash. Um, oh. It was one of the hardest radio show days we ever had to do because we were so close to them. I mean, literally, I can only imagine. it was like uh, a second home for us. And, um, and I knew a lot about who uh, the orange thing really was just from watching <laughs> the behavior then, right? But back then, you know, he knew he was a clown. He wasn't, it was, he didn't have nuclear codes, right? Um, mm -hmm. And where, where it ended for me personally with him was um, when, when the helicopter crash happened and those three people died, it got a lot of media attention. 
and mm -hmm. it was in, and it was in, the, and because the, they they were really they were all hired by his father to make sure it ran well, and it did at that point in time. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, about a week or two after getting so much attention, uh, the orange thing decided it was time for him to get attention, and he made up a story that he was supposed to be on the helicopter. And then that was about it. We were we were done with that nonsense. Um, but that's who he is. I just know? find him odious, and that's just one example why. Yeah, and look, the people that support him or like him, you know, God bless you. That's great. You've never met him. If you met him, he wouldn't even give you the time of day. He doesn't like the people that support. Him. <laughs> he looks down on the people. That's, it's really sad. You know, mm. it's really sad. I mean, when I was young and single, my Catholic upbringing taught me that there's a difference between a nice guy and a good man. Yeah. Okay. Trump may be a nice guy, but I can't say he's a good man. And I do feel um, sorry. I do feel I do have empathy and compassion for all the people who, you know, who did who did vote for him and didn't win. Right. Um, but I'm, I'm only going to be able to reach out to the people that, that can do math. I mean, nothing was rigged. <laughs> Well, you know, again, as a Republican, I would argue if it was rigged, how come so many other Republicans swept races across the country? Well, you're absolutely right. And that's what I said to people. I was like, you know, look, yeah, we, that's how we rig elections. Right. We rig the Democrats rig elections by making sure that we vote in a bunch of other Republicans. Um, yeah. That's how that's how we rig it. Right. Okay. <laughs> that's, me. that's how we roll, right? Because we don't want to. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we don't want to leave any evidence that we might have. Rigged. And by the way, we were very busy with making sure that we could keep the the COVID hoax going. You know, that oh, was also a pressure on us because we knew that was going to have to end the day after. Um, so we had a lot on our plate. So you know, we could we couldn't yeah. we couldn't win every election. Um, there you go. So so okay. So as a Republican who's now voted Democrat and is just got to be as happy as we are that this thing is over in, in, in a little while. Um, you know, it'll become its own reality show on whatever, you know, nonsense will go on, but it won't be, it won't have the nuclear codes. Um, what do you want from us? What do you, what do you want from us to, you know, make you guys feel safer and make you feel a part of it? What, what, what do you need from us? Well, for me, it's about, <clears throat> I mean, you can't truly really enforce personal responsibility. So I'd say teaching right. personal responsibility, setting the example of personal responsibility. Mm -hmm. um, I believe that, you know, my auto personal autonomy ends where my public responsibility begins. So yes, I wear a mask. I don't like right. it. Right. It goes against my personal autonomy, but I wear one because I have responsibility to public health. So right. I think setting the example, for right. example, the um, mayor of Denver, Colorado, a heartfelt plea out to his citizens please do not travel stay home this thanksgiving i yeah. know you want to see your family and then immediately jump the plane to mississippi to see his family yeah well that's so the hypocrisy good. that's not good <laughs> no that's, that's not good leadership um and it, yeah. exactly i don't want to see hypocrisy and it's yeah. going to be so easy because well, four yeah. years ago people who voted for hillary were so upset that she'd lost and everyone said suck it up so they know how it feels to lose now. Yeah. They know how it feels to lose. They know how it hurts. But the other side lost. They're like, suck it up. Well, that's what's it's really like, than... yeah, I, I mean, look, I mean, we, I mean, we were, we were over it the next day. I mean, like after she conceded, yeah. we were on to, I mean, you really saw it on Twitter. I mean, mm -hmm. really 
the resistance to him started day one of the election after she leadership was on the next day. There were yeah, plenty of people saying um, Obama should resign and let Joe Biden be president for one day. That'll ruin Trump's 45 yeah, marketing. Um, there are people saying that Obama should declare martial law so that way Trump can't take office. Yeah, you know, I mean, it was all on social media. It wasn't the leadership. It was on no, social media. No, exactly. And that's the whole problem with most of this. Most of the noise is conspiracy theory based. And, and that's the problem with conspiracy theories is that people will believe them, you know. Yes, um, because, that's the problem. Because it's just a warm, comfy, fuzzy place for them to hide out believing that the earth is flat, right? This and, is true. And you know, I, it's like, I really can't help people like that. I can't reach out to them. You know, and they, it's like, I do want to see a more unity. I do want to see reaching out. I am kind of having a blast watching some people who were just so sure that it was going to go their way, um, you know, kind of struggling. It's fun to yeah. watch, but you know, I, I'm not making fun of them to their face. Yeah. I mean, I have a friend on Twitter. He's from South Carolina or North Carolina. Right. Very, very conservative, huge Trump fan. Bins, just so many rallies. Right. And he mentioned he was going to a Trump rally. I'm like, please wear a mask. He's like, oh, of course. Yeah. So, even those conspiracy theories, you can get through to them. Oh no, that's right. At like, some level. That's right. I mean, the, the, the main look, the main the main challenge with somebody like him is more of a uh, you know, and I'm not a psychologist or a therapist, but I'm also not an idiot. Um, and and I've been around narcissists, and I've been around troubled people. Um, their inability to to function in reality, other than whatever they have in their head as reality is really a challenge. I mean, you see it, it's, I, at this point with him, it's becoming just pathetic. It, it really is. And finally, leadership is coming out and saying it's done. And maybe starting at state leadership rather than federal leadership, but it's starting and saying, you're yeah. embarrassing us. Yeah, no, and by exactly. calling the election a fraud, you're calling to question every single Republican well, win across the I, board. I think, he's, I think he's doing much more damage. I think he's doing as much damage to the Republican party as the people not speaking up are. It's, I mean, Republicans in Georgia are saying, what's the point of voting if it's already a foregone conclusion the election's rigged? It, that's right. And, and, the, and the thing is, is that, or writing in Trump, they want to write- Exactly. He doesn't even live to, in the state. He's not qualified to run for now, Senate. There was a funny thing about that because that became a really big thing on Parler, right? Mm -hmm. And then Parler censored it. Okay. <laughs> and Parler was the one of no censorship. They didn't want that idea- because they, because uh, yes. exactly, you know, yeah, he's not a Georgia resident, and you know, yes. uh, you're gonna. Lose. And I think when you go to extremes, when you start going to extremes like that, either party, you're hurting your own party. That's right. Well, that's you're right. I hurting. Think, I, I do think that. So I, so I think, I guess that I guess it's, it's really is going to be about like, you know, how do I mean? I'm grateful for every one of you Republicans that came over and voted for us. It wasn't easy. It wasn't I easy. I felt like I was that, betraying my my people. I know how hard that was. To vote for was. Trump would be a betrayal of my country. Oh uh, no, I know how hard that was. I mean, a lot. I have, you know, I grew up in Ohio, so a lot of my friends are Republican. You know, I mean, I know how, I know how hard that was. So I really appreciate it, and that's part of the reason why I wanted to have this kind of conversation. Which is, you know, look, it doesn't matter which side you're on. It just matters can you. Can you have a conversation with the other side? You know? 
Yeah, I grew up in Rhode Island. I still live in Rhode Island. Where everyone sees us as this deep blue state. Really, we're a 60-40 split. Right. And if you look at our geography, it's mostly the city of Providence and then the outlying islands, Newport and um, the East Bay Peninsula. That's really the liberal sect of our state, whereas the conservative right. sect is the bulk of our mainland. Right. And it is a 60-40 split because our mainland is mostly woods and beaches and farmland. Right. right. But it's just like conservatives feel like we're just not represented enough. Right. I had a, actual conservatives who run as Democrats because they just want to get elected. Right. Well, that, that's in the, the state house, the, in the general assembly, our governor Gina Raimondo, she's a very right. conservative Democrat. Right. And for the most part, moderates are what we elect. Right. Yeah. No. That that's exactly right. So, what what would be your message that you would want people to walk away from after they listen to this podcast? I think that it's everyone deserves some kind of compassion. Mm-hmm. If you've been in a position where you've been down and out, you've been considered the losing party, you're the one who's hurting. Right. Why would you want to turn around and shove that in someone's face after right. they're experiencing what you've just experienced? Right, right. It's just like, if they're not being a jerk about it, right. let them lick their wounds. Yeah. Don't just yeah. shove it in their face. Don't be a jerk about it. Celebrate, right. but be a good winner. Don't be a sore winner. Yeah, no, look, I mean, yeah, nobody likes, a, nobody likes a, uh, an arrogant winner. I think it's also just understand that just because a party appears unified does not mean it is. Oh, yeah. No, it's for the past several years, the Tea Party and the Freedom Caucus have split the Republican Party. Now we have the Lincoln uh, Republicans. And I think the Democratic Party is about to go through that on their own now that they're holding the White House and possibly the Senate. Yeah. And I, look, I, I, I mean, I'll make a prediction. I do think we're going to get the Senate. And if we don't, we don't. But I mean, I do think we'll get it yes. um, uh, mainly because of um, just it just feels like that's what's going to happen. I mean, I, I could be wrong, but you know, um, I just think that, um, I think people need to not be, if we do get that and we have all three, don't be worried about us. We're not, we're not coming to take your guns. We, I think we, we want, need to learn from our mistakes and learn to work gun. together. We want you to have your guns. That's fine. We've got them too. We just don't yeah. talk about it as much. Yeah. Um, so we all have them, right? So, um, well, look, I, you know, again, I really appreciate you as a, as a friend and, 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 and I hope that, uh, I hope that some people that listen to this understand that, you know, if you're, if you're having a challenge with somebody from the other side, reach out to them, talk to them and let's all just move forward. I mean, we're all Americans. That's the important thing. We are all the same country. We're all one people. We need to start acting like it. We just have, we want what's best for the country and her people. We just have different ideas of how to get there. That's right. That's absolutely right. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Well, thank you for having me.